Live from the yeah. bathroom. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron, Rose, live from the same spot, the, the living room. Hello. Yeah, Kitch is literally doing the pod from a uh, bathroom in uh, parts unknown. Parts unknown. In, L- in Los Angeles, right? In somewhere in Los Angeles. Yeah. In LA. I've come out. We'll yeah. get to the Rose Bowl, Kitch. We'll get to the Rose Bowl. Uh, but clearly, uh, as we come back from hiatus, the Christmas hiatus, um, we've got a few things to talk about in Raptor land. And what, so we should get to it. I must say, uh, we were going to do the emergency pod. Uh, I, I made sure that didn't happen at the last second for uh, other reasons. And I'm actually kind of glad now we didn't do the emergency pod. I like the fact that we can marinate on this uh, new development with the raps, uh, get some perspectives from other podcasters, other sports guys, uh, and now we can all talk about it all at once. So, Aaron, I know uh, you've had a, a few things on your mind around this. So why don't we start with you giving me, uh, how about this? Give me your initial reaction when you heard it. Uh, give me your reaction a day later, and then tell me where you're at today. One, two, and three. So my initial reaction was, whoa, was not expecting that December 30th out of nowhere. I think Woj last week was asked on threads, are the Raptors close to trading OG and Obi on Wednesday or Pascal Siakam? And he said, no. And then whatever, whatever it was, like four days later, they made a trade. So first of all, was not expecting that. And it kind of uh, made for an interesting weekend. Um, but I also was like, oh, they got RJ Barrett. Like, you know, that's a guy, former number three pick. Like, that's the headliner was my initial reaction. And then I started thinking about it some more and I looked at some numbers and I was like, oh, like I, kn- I knew quickly was a guy, but I knew he wasn't a starter. He was a six man, but it turns out quickly is the guy in this deal. Like he's the headliner. And I think that's well, where I'm at now. Can I ask you, did you know that he was second in the six man uh, voting last year? Yeah, I remember hearing his name with Brogdon. Uh, he's like one of those top guys as the six man role. And, and I guess the Raptors are betting on that. He will take on a bigger role and he has room to expand his, his game as a starter for this team moving forward. But certainly, you know, initial reaction was like RJ Barrett. And then you look at the numbers and after a few minutes, you're like, okay, this is really about Emmanuel quickly. And, and, and the guys are Scotty Barnes's age. And it was, it was a deal that, you know, I think everyone wants to pull to an extreme. This is the greatest deal ever. This is the worst deal ever. I can't believe they did that. And and my answer is the not so exciting. Like, it's a fine deal that kind of makes sense for everyone involved. So I'm not overly enthused. This wasn't like some huge swindling of of the Knicks, which we've seen the Raptors do in the past. But I also don't think this is like some disaster trade. All right, Kitch. Uh, same to you. Uh, your initial reaction, your 24-hour reaction, and your current reaction. Then I'll come back to Aaron. But you're going to grade the trade as well. Give me uh, a week on a on an F to A. You get to grade the trade in its current state. I mean, obviously, it's way too early. We're going to regrade this 10 times, but right now. So there we go. Initial reaction, Kitch. When I heard it, I went, this is awesome. Like, I was, I was like, I was smiling ear to ear when, when this came about. And the reason being is, it, and you get, you get the ESPN guys come out and say, oh, we got ripped off in the trade. But little do these guys really know what we actually get when we have free agents on this team. We get nothing. We seem to get nothing with players. So. We get to the end of the year and we don't want to pay OG and he walks. What do we get? Nothing again. We actually have something for a player now. And that made me happy. So whether it works out or not, take the, pick, the, the Pistons pick, which is probably the first pick in the second round. So it's not a horrible, not a horrible pick. The quickly guy is, is he is, he is something that can lead this team. So Broder doesn't have that responsibility. And then, uh, and then RJ, maybe RJ, RJ's going to have, 
20 to 30 people, local friends, fans, family at mostly every game. So he's going to have to, he's, he's going to have to show up and, uh, and play there. He's probably going to be a little more motivated. Hey, hang on a second. Are you telling me there's going to be a noticeable difference in RJ's play? Because he's got fifteen to twenty people in the stands out of the twenty two thousand that are there. That's yep. gonna that's that's the difference maker. It's like, it's like when your mom and dad come to watch you. You you you, you turn up or not. <laughs> not a show. I'm gonna put on a show yeah. for the family. Yeah. Okay. No. All right. Wow. This is like literally uh, we should have had Johnny on the pod because this is the exact same take Johnny had. My fourteen year old. Johnny and I similar. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well grade it then. Uh you gotta give me, gotta give me a grade. Me or Aaron? Well, you. I remember, I, I told well, you exactly me, what the I, sequence was gonna go. Oh, right. Hey, my grade, my grade is gonna be, my grade is gonna be A minus. Oh a shit! Somebody is drinking the RJ Kool Aid. Wow. It's not that. It's, okay. it's not that. It's right. not the RJ Kool Aid. It's just, it's just the whole process. I'm, I'm a minus. Well, we have a play. You know what? You're like you know what? You're like Bobby too, because you know what Bobby said to me. Yeah, he's like, Dad, it's like a breath of fresh air. It's like a breath of fresh cool. air. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> cool. Oh. All right, I'm gonna bring the boys on actually for this. So you might as well have them. <laughs> All right, Aaron, you get to grade it. I didn't give, you, didn't give you that chance first time. Grade this thing, and I know you're gonna be a little bit more responsible in your answer. Yeah, I guess it's fair to look at it from Kitch's perspective and say like he was going to leave in free agency. If you were going to get nothing, then this is a home run. Like it's an A++ if the alternative is getting nothing. But if you compare it to maybe what they could have got in the summer or what they could have got at last year's trade deadline, then the situation is different. So so I don't necessarily look at it as like, you know, was it better than three first round picks? Well, those first round picks were probably going to be late first round picks in the twenties. And you never know what you're going to get with those guys. I think that they got, you know, an interesting young player who potentially has room to grow in Emmanuel quickly. They got a somewhat less interesting, but young player in RJ Barrett, who is surprisingly young and, and potentially has room to grow. Although I'm a little bit more skeptical of that. What's a, what's a mediocre grade. If your kids came home with like a, eh, that's not the worst grade in the world. It's not the best grade in the world. I don't know, like a, a B, a B plus. I don't know. Not, like oh, it's not. Jesus. It's not an incredible. Have you trade. met my kids? B plus. That's like an A plus in this house. Okay. So me? what would you give your? What would you? Well, what would be a mediocre like grade for your kids? The, okay. The like Johnny when Johnny tries to sell. Hey, things aren't. It wasn't so bad. I got a. I got a seventy. That's a B minus, and we're like, oh, seventy. Okay. I guess yeah. It's not sure. horrible. That's your grade. Yeah. But but, seems... but again, it's fair to look at it and say, like, he was going to go to the Knicks in free agency, so at least they got something. In which case, like, good job. But, like, I don't really look at it that way entirely. Well, all right. But, you know, as someone once said to me on this podcast, uh, and I actually think said it to me in an aggressive tone uh, about looking in the past and what could have happened uh, or what, why are we checking on, on things that happened in the past? Uh, yeah, who cares what we could have got for him a year ago? We didn't. So we have to deal with what we have now. Um, and so like then it's said, an A plus. Well, I don't know if it's an A plus because I'm not convinced we couldn't have done better. You'd like to think that uh, management was aware of what was out there, and this is probably the best deal on the table as of December 30th. It would have been the best deal on the table close to the trade deadline. The argument can be made that the deal gets worse the longer you wait, as opposed to better. So, listen, here's where I'm at. I was shocked when it happened because uh, didn't see it coming. Obviously, right? There were no no real rumors, like nothing imminent, that sort of thing. So, uh, then I'd say twenty four hours later, after I dug into uh, 
you know, what we actually got in return. A hundred percent agree with you, uh, Aaron. This is all about quickly, right? This deal is all about quickly. Um, and then today, as I've listened to, read a few things around who RJ really is, what he's been to this point, um, it's he's less exciting about it, right? And then I, I after watching last night's game, I, obviously you cannot make anything out of one game. Kitch, I don't know if you saw any of the game last night. You were probably too busy celebrating. Yeah, no. Um, but I, I, I worry a little bit about this. If this is a we're building around Scotty, uh, I do worry a little bit around um, the fit with RJ, who is high usage guy, needs the ball, wants to create his own shot. Like I don't know that that's the perfect player for Scotty. If you're buying into that, which obviously that's what it is. So the, I'd say like the the jury is out for me on how this all fits the pieces fit but if quickly progresses um and and we can keep them then i think it could be great for us so i'm going to give us a solid b uh and i am with bobby on the breath of fresh air i'm i'm glad to be rid of og um and by all accounts he's having a down season compared to to last year even on his vaunted defensive end uh that everyone um likes him for so uh yeah i don't think it's i don't think it's a bad trade and then you know what First pick in the second round or second pick in the second round. I mean, those are that's somewhat of a crapshoot, but it's not horrible. And listen, we're not going to have a draft pick otherwise, so um, it's not it's not horrible. So I I kind of like it. But to take a step back, Aaron. Bigger picture here, we're not blowing it up, right? We're building from the middle now, or from the bottom, even from from where we are. Uh, so it's it's a different approach from hey we're gonna go we're gonna go San Antonio style we're gonna go Charlotte style we're gonna go um, you know Philly from a few years back style or even uh, OKC like we are going to build with players uh, that we think have brighter futures so we got younger and we got better in in theory we'll have better cap uh, space or we'll we'll be in a better cap position with this trade too. So what do you think of that whole um, concept that we're, this is how we're, this is how we're going to build back into a relevant team. I think, I think it makes some sense. And I think when you look at how the Raptors have operated, like the same with the Norman Powell deal, uh, which I wasn't a huge fan of, but like they, they opted for a younger Norman Powell, as opposed to trying to get a, a first round pick or whatever. I think anytime you're trading for picks, you're not trading with a bad team. So you're not going to get, the sixth pick in the draft uh, or the, you know, the fifth pick in the right. draft, you're probably trading for some other team's late first round picks on a good team, right? That's something the Raptors could have had potentially last year, whether it was from New York who has a bunch of first round picks, but they were going to again, be like not lottery picks or Indiana who we heard was interested in offering a bunch of picks, but I think they were like Indiana's pick. And I think they were Boston's pick like late first round picks. And I don't know if, picks in the 20s really interest you the other way to do it is to go to a team like the lakers or the clippers or one of these teams that's kind of a little old and trade for one of their 2028 or 2029 first round picks which you know could be anything it could be the top pick in the draft of course but you got to wait around four or five six years for that guy and now scotty barnes is four or five six years older and maybe that's not necessarily the direction you want to go so if you're looking at either late first round picks now or distant future first round picks neither of those are necessarily something that this organization seems to want right now so i also get it uh trading for a 22 year old or a 23 sorry a 23 year old and a 24 year old and rj Barrett yeah. and emmanuel quickly and i think if the raptors make a deal for 
frankly, any of these guys, but specifically Pascal Siakam, you're probably looking at the same kind of deal where it's not going to be salary filler and a 2028 first round pick. Kitch, thoughts on our sort of the strategy of not blowing it up? Well, you know what? If, if I would honestly say if you came out and next week and they trade Siakam next week, I would say that kind of is a blow up. Like if they trade, yeah, like, if they, if, if they trade OG and Siakam before the deadline here, I'd say that is kind of a blow up. It's just not a blow up with future draft picks. It's a blow up with future players, players. existing players. Yeah. Yeah, but, but, but also it, it's going to be horrible, right? They don't expect But it's to be also January. Right, like it's yeah. this. There, there might be another chip, you know, shoot a fall or two before the trade deadline. So, as as surprised as we were when this news broke on Saturday, like it's you weren't expecting OG and Obi Pascal Siakam, Yakupertle, Dennis Schroeder, Gary Trent Jr. all moved in a you know fifteen player deal. Like this is just number one. We'll see what else there is to do in the next few weeks. My money would be that they don't blow it up for twenty twenty eight first round picks, but but something could be happening. Well, listen, I, I think you're right. However, we'll get to Pascal here in a second because there's all kinds of ambiguity now around what the what this really means uh, and what the move what the move signals. Um, but yeah, we don't have any other asset. I mean, Pascal is the only asset we have that we're going to get anything back for as far as real value, whether it be in draft picks or even players like a RJ Barrett or Emmanuel Quigley, right? So. Hurdle gets us nothing. Schroeder gets us nothing. And we, those are just different moves that you're gonna, you know, you're gonna go sideways at best with those moves. So, um, yeah, I mean, I guess as a fan, as a season ticket holder, do I do I prefer getting players that with with upside? If you and I'm not sure RJ has upside. RJ may be who he is, but do I like the idea of quickly potentially being? I mean, he's he's a 15 and five guy uh, off the bench for the Knicks. Um, everyone, I mean the. I think the general consensus is Aaron that you could probably corroborate this in your in your uh, in your brotherhood of uh, people who follow the league. I mean, people are relatively positive about quickly, like they're high on him, and and people are now interested to see sort of if he gets his own if he can be a starting point guard. What does that actually look like for him? So is he an eighteen and eight guy? Is he a twenty and not eight guy? You know, so like, and if he becomes that at shooting forty percent from three, let's not forget that he's forty percent from three right now. I mean. Yeah, he seems like that would seem like a solid piece and he can blow by people off the dribble. So, I mean, I, I, that to me is not a horrible way to build. Yeah, and, and if you look at his like per 36 numbers, now you can't just scale numbers like that. Everyone's yeah. numbers, I yeah. guess, you know, bench players are going to look a lot better when they're per 36, but he's averaging like 22 points per game per 36. And when he's been given an opportunity to start, I guess last year, anytime Jalen Brunson missed time, like he looked really good. So there's reasons to look at him and say, okay, like he couldn't start because Jalen Brunson's there and Jalen Brunson's an all-star potentially like all NBA caliber guard. And you can't really have two six foot, two six foot, three point guards on the floor together the days of Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Vliet are probably a thing of the past in, in, in a backcourt together so you look at him and say okay this guy just needed to be on a team where there wasn't a Jalen Brunson so who needed a point guard the Raptors really needed a point guard and it's nice that they got a 24 year old who again has the upside yeah. that he's shown anytime he's been given an opportunity to start 24 year old on a good contract we get, we pretty much own his rights through restricted free agency here over the next so we, we can have him for four more years if we want him uh, yeah. So I, I, listen, I think from that standpoint, and you said it right from the outset, he's the guy in this trade, uh, and we'll see what happens because I mean, let's just, we'll finish off on RJ and then we'll, we'll move on to Pascal. But like, if you look at, and that was the total height, right? The Canadian kid coming back to, 
his beloved Raptors, a uh, member of Team Canada who made the Olympic team. Like he is the name in this from a Canadian perspective. But if you actually look at who he is, I mean, he's not a great three-point shooter, which is he'll fit right in uh, with the Raptors. Uh, he's a usage guy. And, uh, you know, we're, I, I'm not sure about his necessary shot selection, his creation. So, like, I I get the sense that we're going to look back at this three or four years if RJ still remember the Raptors. That, like, he's just a – he's kind of a medi- like an average NBA basketball player that, you know, I think what we have today is what we're going to have three years from now with him. Now I could be wrong. That might be too harsh, but that's, that's where I'm at. Kitch, any, any comments on RJ that as far as what, you know, is he, is he that, is he that much worse than OG for the next three years? And we had OG for the next three years. Like, I think, I think he's just kind of, he's going to be that role player. We're going to bank on uh, quickly being the, being the kid that has some upside and RJ is going to be there. Like OG was kind of there. And so I, I don't think we've, I don't think we've worsened our situation. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll go with that, Aaron. You're you're skipping over Bart. You are skipping over the number one thing. You you no longer have to watch Malachi Flynn. Well, I was going to get to the other pieces, kid. Kid, leave. Don't don't ruin the good stuff. You got to keep the audience on edge here. We're going to get to the we're going to get to the Malachi Precious debacle. Yeah, for sure. Don't worry about that. But I, I agree with you that like the fit of R.J. Barrett, who's with the exception of his sophomore season has always been a below average three point shooter and has always had a below average uh, true shooting percentage. Like it's not the guy that you would draw up as a fit beside Scotty Barnes and certainly not beside uh, Pascal Siakam, sort of a similar guy with the exception of the other night when Pascal lit it up from three, like he's not a three point shooter and neither is RJ Barrett. Uh, You know, I was joking with somebody the other day, if you could trade RJ Barrett for OG and Anobi, Raptors still keep uh, Emmanuel quickly, but like that, that would look better. That's another three point shooter and an, uh, a guy who's a pretty good defensive player who can go out there and defend the other team's best player and take some of the the uh, defensive uh, weight off of Scotty Barnes, who we saw had to take on Donovan Mitchell. And if Scotty Barnes is going to be a star, you might not want him chasing around Donovan Mitchell every single game. So it would be nice to have a three and D uh, player uh, in in RJ Barrett's spot. Unfortunately, you got to give something to get something. And and RJ Barrett was was sort of the headliner in the package because he's the former number three pick because he's still young because he's Canadian. Canadian. Uh, but as you mentioned, uh, he's he's sort of the throw into this deal, and it's about Emmanuel quickly and, and what he can do moving forward. Uh, I don't think RJ Barrett's a great fit, but he's he's a guy, and he's certainly an NBA player. He's certainly a rotation player, and he's certainly an upgrade over uh, you know a couple of the other guys in this trade. Um, but but we shouldn't be looking at this deal as like is RJ Barrett going to fit here long term because that, that's not really what this deal was about. No, I know. It just he's the headliner, right? He's the people. He's the people that the fourteen-year-olds are excited about, as I can attest to. So, um, all right, listen, Kit, you brought it up, but let's. Uh, I was going to do a good written section, uh, so we can maybe just do. You know, uh, we can do that now. Uh, I don't even know where to start because I I couldn't like so when when I heard about the trade, it was first it was just OG, and then it trickled out that it was precious, and then, I mean, that's when I got happy. It trickled out. I don't know what hole I was on the golf course, but Johnny's like, and Malachi is gone. And I was like, oh, now this is a great trade. It doesn't matter what happens now. This is a great trade. This is an absolute. But you know what? And here's the other thing, too. People uh, don't appreciate from this is it. You will never see Malachi Flynn again. I'm telling you, he's going to go. He is the Knicks are going to be a graveyard for him. He is going to be out of the league before we know it. Uh, and it's just amazing to me that Darko was so committed 
to giving this guy a shot for however long that he did. Uh, and then now I'm telling you, I'm not sure Malachi will get four minutes. Uh, he's not going to play. He's not going to play with the Knicks at all. So I, I get that uh, you want to blame Darko for giving Malachi minutes, but when when the season ended last year, it was the head honcho, Masayu Jury, who mentioned Malachi Flynn by name and said that this organization didn't develop. The, he, the former head coach of this team didn't do enough to play those guys, and we want to bring in someone who's going to play yeah. those guys, specifically Malachi Flynn. And, well, okay, and there's so, thing, but there's a thing called uh, film. Right. There's a thing called film that people can watch. And I, and and I think Nick Nurse had watched it. Yeah. And, and saw it every day in practice. It was like, guess what? I'm not playing this guy. It doesn't matter how much time I could spend 24 seven with this guy. I can't make him an NBA uh, basketball player. I'm not blaming Darko. I'm just saying it took Darko way too long to figure out that Malachi is who Malachi is. And all I'm saying is let's, let's, let's not, let's not walk over his grave here. Um, you know, we, it's, it's goodbye, Malachi. Thank you for, I don't know, how many great years was it? Four, four great years. For, hey, um, he won. He won uh, player rookie player of the month in April in Tampa. Everyone yeah, forgets I mean, that. So, uh, yeah. So like Malachi, listen. Jesus. I can. Uh, another. This will be another great tribute video to go up. And when he, he looks comes really back. good in proams. Well, he lit it up for fifty. Threw up fifty four in some proam this year. Uh, so which is nice. So yeah, I, I think Malachi uh, getting a new start is probably great for certainly everybody in this podcast. Well, for me, it's great for me. All right, I can watch the games a little differently now. Uh, but listen, it's going to be real tough for Precious, guys, for him to win your most improved uh, Raptor this year. It's going to be real. Generally speaking, those guys don't get traded to other teams. Um, so I feel I feel good about my chances of winning that uh, award. Um, wait, 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 I, I had Malachi. Mine was, mine was Malachi. And Aaron's, Aaron's was Precious. <laughs> you didn't have Malachi. I thought you had Precious, too. Did you have Malachi? No, I had Malachi. I had Malachi. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I'm so I'm actually disappointed uh, that that Precious is gone because I, I wanted him to be good, and there were, there were just pockets of it like, oh, right, this is the guy he could be, and then he'd go off shooting three pointers or uh, missing layups or whatever it was. Like, but I, I, it would not shock me if a year from now or two years from now we're talking about how Precious is a good is a is a rotation guy for somebody. Like, I, I do. I'm not saying we gave up too early on him. I don't think we did, but I just. I, he still could end up being something, if you ask me. And, and I think this trade was kind of like OG for Emmanuel Quickly and RJ Barrett, and Precious Achua for a late, or sorry, an early second round pick. Like I think, I think he wasn't necessarily just a throw in in this deal to make the number work. I think that the Knicks needed a backup big man, and you look at the Raptors, and they don't really have a backup big man. You saw Thad Young play two minutes the other night, and. Chris Boucher came in to replace him. And there was a moment at the end of the game where uh, the Raptors were up three against the Cavs and the inbound pass went to Karis LeVert, who had Jakob Pertl defending him. And Karis LeVert went right by him. And that's the kind of situation where you can say what you want about Precious Achua specifically in the offensive end. And, and his defense was never as good as he seemed to think it was. Right. But he at least could stay in front of Karis LeVert the way that Jakob Pertl did. So this team is going to kind of look for a small ball big that precious Achua they had hoped he would become. He never became that in Toronto. Maybe he becomes that in New York, but I don't necessarily think he was just a throw in good riddance to precious Achua. I think that he was somebody that the Knicks said like, okay, he's not yeah. super valuable, but we'll give you like a, you know, the 31st pick in the draft for him because he's a, a young player who maybe has some upside that just hasn't for whatever reason been um, opened up yet, but he's, he's a small ball big. And I think defensively some teams could use that in certain situations. And the Raptors saw that against the Cavs. 
Catch your uh, your your last thoughts ever on Precious. Precious, I I, I don't think he ever he was never a fit for us, and we ever really gave him a really true chance. So it's it's hard to evaluate that way. I just look at I, I just when you when you guys were talking, there, I was thinking back. I get Precious. I'm like, oh yeah, we got Precious for for Lowry. Lowry, we got yeah. Precious and 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 the retirees got Drockets, Drockets and and Precious for Lowry. I'm thinking. Wow, that was a that was a failed, a failed transaction. So yeah, so that I'm indifferent. I'm indifferent with her. And, and, and I'm sure we're gonna move over to Pascal Siakam momentarily. But you look at that championship team, and I don't like to necessarily look at all those guys and say they left for nothing because you know they brought a championship to Toronto and they brought a really fun run it back season. But Kawhi left, Raptors didn't get anything. Danny Green left, the Raptors didn't get anything. Marcus Sullins or Jabaka left, the Raptors didn't get anything. Fred Van Vliet left, the Raptors didn't get anything. Uh, what did Kyle Lowry turn into? Uh, Goran Dragic and Precious Achua, who we'll say is now like a second round pick. Uh, and now you have Pascal Siakam, sort of the lone outstanding uh, guy from that group. And we're about to see uh, what his situation is. And actually, there's one more guy, which is Norman Powell. And Norman Powell was turned into Gary Trent Jr. And that's another one where what is the future going to hold for that? But it would be pretty unfortunate if that championship group, the top, whatever it was, six, seven, eight guys on that team turns into uh, not much moving forward. Well, I think I think we can we can make that statement. It's not much moving forward. It's there. It's happened. Um, we think of all those assets, but it is five years later, too. I mean, it's hard to go back from five years and say, hey, what do we have from those assets that were I mean? Yeah, let's not let's not rehash that. But to your point about Siakam, um, all right. So, uh, open-ended question here as far as what you think the future holds for him. But Aaron, as you suggested, I think a couple pods ago, uh, there was this whole sort of rush for December thirty-first, right? That was a deadline to either get him re-signed to an extension or else it meant I can't remember. You can maybe so it, me it was if the Raptors wanted to sign him to an extension and then have him tradable this right. summer sort of right. ahead of around the draft before free agency starts uh he would have been if you signed him before december 30th he would have been eligible to be traded on june 30th let's say or before june 30th now that that ship has sailed the raptors can still sign him to an extension today and might want to seriously consider that uh but but that opportunity to sign him and then trade him down the road has passed well all right but to that point what are they going to do with them because uh as listener brock and i were chatting over the holidays uh, there's a theory out there that Masai is not going to make a trade unless he thinks it makes the Raptors better, right? And that's maybe why he falls into some of these pitfalls. Now, you could argue whether or not that's actually true when he makes some of these trades. But if that's the rationale, uh, he's only going to trade Siakam if he thinks it makes the team better. And if it's not about draft picks for Masai, it's hard to imagine that he can get somebody, that he can get players back. If that's the theory, it's hard to imagine that he can get players back that make our team better than losing Siakam, which so if that's the case, it's like, well, then Siakam becomes somewhat untradeable, which then means you have to resign him, which then means WTF, what are we doing if we have to resign Siakam? So there you go. That's so I'll let both of you comment. Kitch, why don't you why don't you comment first on on if that's the theory, what are we doing? Yeah, I I, I just I can't like our option is we pay him top dollar, which is what he's going to request, or or I don't like paying him big money because I don't think he's worth it. And, but but he's only hurting himself now because his numbers are slowly decreasing. Um, he's not as valuable as he was, and uh, he's yeah, he's I, dropped I, thirty plus points in back to back games. 
He's pretty good. He did. He did. But that. But he's like, look, he's, all you talk about is three point, three point, <laughs> three point shooting is not uh, not been stellar with the new NBA. I think they like that in the, in the new NBA is your three point shot. So I, I just I don't I don't want to pay him the money um, that that we will have to pay him to stay. And uh, but I don't know. I don't. The only way I see getting out of that is by taking up draft picks, not by getting players for him. So. Wow. Yeah, if Messiah doesn't want to do that, then he's gonna to have to fork it to cash, and I don't I don't like that. Aaron. It's complicated. And I think that fans have a uh, typically look at this understandably from the Raptors perspective and as if the Raptors hold the cards here. And I just don't necessarily think that that's the case. Uh, Mark Stein had a great article recently, and we've heard this repeatedly that if the Raptors want to extend, uh, extend Pascal Siakam, he's ready to sign here. I'm sure that's at a number that's something like a super, uh, not the super max, excuse me, he's not eligible for that, but like a max contract uh, starting at 42 or $43 million over the next uh, you know, two, three, four years, whatever it is. And for whatever reason, the Raptors have not been ready, prepared to make that offer. Um, but at the same time, if you're a team that's interested in Pascal Siakam, you better be sure that you're going to re-sign him. And if Siakam is telling teams, and again, this was part of the report, he says, I want to go to free agency. Like I'm not, don't trade for me because I'm not going to resign with you. And if that's the case that Siakam holds all the cards, right? Because I don't think another team is going to give up, you know, all these future draft picks for a guy that they might have for three months. And then he leaves for nothing. You can't, that you can't put yourself in that situation. So just well, like the, the OG and Obi trade. The next just no, but, but 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 you know OG's agent, his father, yeah. is the general is yeah. the president of the Knicks. Like I, I'm sure they they had dinner together and maybe talked about these things, whether that's legal or not legal. Like, you know, you, you have to be naive to think that teams aren't having conversations about these things, whether they're permitted or not permitted. So, you know, you look at the 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 Knicks situation; they knew that they were going to sign OG Ananobi in the summer. So they said, okay, well, if we want to sign OG Ananobi and not be a tax team, we got to get rid of RJ Barrett because his contract is cost prohibitive for that kind of deal. You got to get rid and, of the guy who we just signed to an extension. <laughs> well, you, you weren't going to be able to keep, you weren't be able, going to be able to sign OG Ananobi to a long-term extension no, at sure. you know, yeah, yeah. A 40, 35, $40 million and keep RJ Barrett. And they weren't able to come to terms with a con on a contract extension with Emmanuel quickly. He's going to want $20, $25 million, potentially up to 30 if he really you know plays well with the Raptors. So they, had, they basically looked at their roster and said, if we want to sign OG Ananobi, we have to give up these guys. Here, Raptors, we're going to give you who we want to give you. So yeah. I think when you're looking around the league at where's Pascal Siakam going to go, the first question is, where does Pascal Siakam want to go? And if the answer is he wants to go to free agency, then the Raptors aren't going to get anything. But if he says, okay, Raptors say, okay, we'll trade you. Are you interested in going to this team? Let's say Indiana. Then you look at Indiana's roster and say, okay, well, who are the players that Indiana is willing to give up? And it's not going to be a boatload of, you know, Benedict Matherin and Andrew Nemhart. It's going to be like, here are the guys that we have to give up to sign him. So I think fans should maybe lower their expectations on what the return's going to be. And if Pascal Siakam, again, if he doesn't want to go anywhere, he's not going to go anywhere because nobody's going to give up a lot. Uh, and that, I guess, is the argument for re-signing him because if you're potentially looking at losing him for nothing, you can't put yourself in that situation. So well, listen, he, he's a good enough player to keep. A couple things well, here. I just want to... Well, well, that goes back to the play. Ahead, so, the, so if, you get, if you get some mediocre players, that's going to come with picks. So, so if you get, if, if, so if we don't get much. Sorry, but why does it, why does it have to come with picks? 
Well, because you're not going to make the trade to get nothing. So that with the Well, I think we made a trade and got nothing back. That would not be go. That would not go over well. Well, we do that. We got to do that. <laughs> But no, but but the point is like, but 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 if if you're looking at it as the Raptor situation, say we don't want to extend this guy, and Siakam's telling teams, do not trade for me. I am going to go to free agency. The other team has no incentive to give up future first round picks or whatever. So the Raptors can look at it and say, do we want to lose this guy for nothing, or do we want to get something that's a little bit more than nothing? It's like, do you want pennies on the dollar, or do you want nothing? All right. Well, listen. I- so I appreciate the argument. However, I think uh, the history of the league would suggest to you that. Uh, there are not 30 genius GMs out there uh, and that these sorts of things happens all the time. It's like you couldn't move John Wall's contract. You could like things happen. You go, oh my God, how did that happen? So I think we, I know what you're saying. I, yes, his values diminished. Our leverage is completely diminished, uh, which is a whole other like shame on Masai for letting us, you know, sort of Pascal should not have this much leverage on us right now. And he does. Um, so I hear you. However, we'd get something, but I agree with you. It's probably not going to be. It would be, well, I think you could probably get Matherin and a, and a pick. No, I'm, I'm uh, not saying you can't get a lot. Like like the Raptors just showed that they didn't have the leverage in the are. OGN and Obi trade. And they got something because that's what the Knicks kind of had to give up. Like you can get some good players. Like you could probably get Buddy. I put together a trade that was like Buddy Heald and Andrew or uh, Aaron Neesmith like, and Obi Toppin. Like that's not some cr- incredible Ooh. trade, but it's like young guys Ooh. that... Uh, you know, okay. Smith shooting 40% from three over the past two years. I think he's 24 years old. Obi Toppin's nothing. That trade is so special. Tomorrow. But like, so, but, but that comes down to like, you know, I have no idea if Pascal Siakam wants to go to the Pacers. And if he doesn't want to go to the Pacers, then there's no deal there. So it really comes well, down to like, where does he want to go? Well, the only other, yeah, but the other side of that coin is uh, Pascal has to be very careful. He doesn't overplay his hand either because if he's, assu- I think he's assuming there's a, you know, going to be a bidding war for him this summer with a bunch of other teams. I'm going to tell you right now, that's not happening. Just like I'm going to tell you again, Aaron, I'm going to keep saying it until you, until you hear me. OG and Obi's not getting $40 million next year. He isn't. He just doesn't. He isn't. Yeah, I guess, you know, I, I don't see the situation where Pascal Siakam goes into free agency this summer and like, his agent completely misreads the market and he goes around and says the 76ers say we don't want to sign you the pacers say we don't want to sign you i don't know who else there is detroit says we don't want to sign you that you know the music stops playing and there's no chairs and then he just goes back to the raptors and says like okay please sign me and i'm sure they'll do it they take care of their yeah. guys i'm sure they're going to sign and it's not like he's going to sign for the mid-level exception like he's going to get a max contract because whether it's two years or three years or four years maybe there's you know, fewer years than he would like, but there's, there's not really some disaster scenario where he ends up being like a $15 million no, player. Yeah, yeah. You mean like Dennis Schroeder? He's not going to miss the, the market like Dennis sure. Schroeder. He had 80 million uh, locked up. Yeah. So listen, let me, let's leave it on this. Let's, let's leave the Pascal situation on this. Are we better with him? Are we going to be better without him? You're better with Pascal Siakam. At, at like 12, especially at 12, when 20. especially when you haven't told me what the other alternative is like if you well, took I mean, pascal siakam off this team they're worse right but you're gonna tra- okay so but you're gonna trade him and you're gonna get what we taught we're gonna get players back not picks we're gonna go with what they just did with og and you're gonna get sort of a you know younger uh and potentially some guys on the upside you're gonna get a very similar trade like are you better with or are you better off keeping you're probably pascal worse for the long term we'd be worse so you'd keep them. You'd be you'd be worse in the short term. No, no, that's not would what you, I'm saying. Would you keep them? Would you want to keep them? Do you want to? Do you want to keep them? Are you working for I, Pascal Siakam? I don't necessarily know <laughs> the answer to the question because I don't know what they can get for him. But if but if the options are like, you know, sell him for pennies on the dollar, 
then like that's not the right move. Or if the option is like potentially watch him walk out the door in free agency for nothing, that's not the move. Like whether he's the perfect fit beside Scotty Barnes and RJ Barrett or, or what have you, Yaka Pertle moving forward is not necessarily like he he's not, but he's an all-star level player. Like he's putting up some crazy numbers. He's looked really good lately. He's still kind of taking the final shots. Like when the Raptors offense slows down, it's yeah, sure. him yeah. who's getting the ball. And maybe you don't like that, but like he's still a really efficient scorer. Like he's a really good player. And if the option is like sell him for nothing or literally watch him leave for nothing, that's not the situation the Raptors want to put themselves in. So I would keep him and figure that out down the road. And that's not the answer I think Raptors fans want to know. They want like all this change. And, and I understand that change is exciting. We just saw that with OG Ananobi. Um, but but maybe the the correct answer is extend him and figure it out at some point down the road. And and you'd say if he signs an extension, maybe he has more value at the trade more value at the trade deadline next year when the team trading for him oh. says, okay, well we have this guy for three years. I agree. That's why. I, that's why I think if we if we were going to leave it this long, we should assign him in the summer to the extension. So yeah, I, listen, yeah. I I don't mind that. Kitch, you want him around or not? No, I uh, do. I want do I want him around? No, I don't. I don't think I don't like. It's glaringly obvious this team chemistry thing has been has been dysfunctional for the last year and a half. So, and I think he's part. He's been part of catalyst that. I don't think he's a bad guy. Not very sentimental. I just don't think they mess well together as a team. But I do think. Because we did nothing last year to lock him in, then I think we are with him. And like like Aaron said, trying to trade him down down the road when uh, when he can't end up two years with the team. So I think we're stuck with him for a good part of another year. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe I think you're right. Maybe, maybe he figures out with these two guys. Maybe these two guys are a bit of the light that we needed that that shift in no. the chemistry chemistry the around. And so who who knows? We'll get, like at, at least this gives us. I thought of okay, we've done something differently because what was working wasn't working. Look at so look we, at your California we, look at your California vibes kicking in there. The light. Maybe we should just meditate on it. Which is I'll, I'll also say sit and like, just just jump in here. I think I think one of the reasons Pascal Siakam and Scotty Barnes don't fit together so well is because everyone was like Scotty Barnes isn't a shooter. But Scotty Barnes might be a shooter. Like, like the sample size keeps getting bigger. I remember the first 10 games yeah. of the season, I was like, okay, relax. It's a small sample size. But now the sample size is getting bigger. And if Scotty Barnes is a shooter, uh, not saying that he's just a shooter, but like if he can shoot at a high level, then that changes the way the offense can fit. And maybe Siakam oh. does make sense with Scotty Barnes because Scotty Barnes is a surprisingly really good shooter right now. Well, listen, uh, to segue into this whole uh, chemistry uh, topic, let's, let's pick up where... Where our guy Dennis, my guy Dennis, uh, had some comments after what was it after the Detroit loss? I think it was around team chemistry. Aaron, do you want to? Uh, I don't know if you saw them, uh, but he was. That's it. It was. He was. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of harsh, right? I mean, yeah, I think he, he was making comments that like he's been on other teams, the national team, that Atlanta team from years before that were less individualistic. Uh, Oh, you could probably use the word selfish if, if we want to go back to last season. He was saying that like guys aren't picking up each other. Guys aren't getting back for one another. Guys are thinking too much about themselves. And, you know, I'm probably uh, exaggerating what he said, but that was sort of the undertone of what he said. I think that's fair well, to I say think, that I think it's very fair to say. But who do you think? Yeah. Uh, here's a question. Who do you think he was? Who do you think he was uh, referring to? Listen, I, I don't want to sit here and point fingers because the truth is I don't really know. But but I think that last year it was a lot of people pointing fingers at Nick Nurse and Fred Van Vliet saying like they are the issues with the selfishness. And Masai Ujiri sat up there at the beginning of the year and said there will be no selfishness on this team. And you took out the two guys that people said, well, the leadership of this yeah. team needs to be changed and the coach needs to be changed. Well, 
they're not here anymore. You can't blame those two guys. And the guys who are left, uh, you know, I think the problem is there's probably not a clear cut leader. And you would look at this team and say, who are the two leaders of this team? Well, you could say Pascal Siakam should be a leader of this team, but Pascal Siakam's a really talented basketball player, but he's a quiet guy. And like, it's not part of his job description necessarily to be a leader, but so, so, so he's not going to be the leader of the team. And you could say Scotty Barnes is a leader of the team, but this guy's 22 years old. Like I was not ready to be a leader of men at 22 years old. Frankly, I'm not sure I'm ready to be a leader of men right now. So, so you could look at it and say like, it's understandable well, for Aaron, him to what, that's be. That's why I'm here for the pod. That's why I do it. Right. I got, when I when you covered. reach, when oh. you reach as, as old as you guys, like I'm sure that you guys can lead men, well, uh, hey, but, but, hey, but Scotty hey. Barnes, like it's okay that he's 22 years old and, and maybe not at that point in his career. And then okay. you got Dennis Schroeder who just showed up and just move to the bench. And maybe he's not in the best position to be the leader of this team. And then you have, you know, Garrett Temple and Thad Young, who are essentially out of the rotation, oh, old wow. veteran guys, but like, they're not going to get up there and be like, follow Garrett's my a good lead. Dresser. Garrett's a good so dresser. so you have, you have a weird situation with a bit of a leadership vacuum. Uh, and, and Fred Van Vliet in some ways was the all-star player who could lead this team and garner respect as a championship guy in the past but for whatever reason that didn't match but but those issues uh seem Listen, to I, have lingered i will i'll say it i think he was directing those comments directly at scott barnes uh i mentioned this so, 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 so let me ask you if that's the second yeah. veteran player second veteran point guard who yeah who's who's made those comments what do you what do yeah. you think okay so uh I think where there's smoke, there's fire sometimes. And as much as I love Scotty, I mean, when I watch him, whether it be at the game or even on t- like, he, he can get sour in a hurry. Uh, if there's any talk about, you know, hustling backs, like he, he does lose sort of that sort of uh, desire from time to time. I, I do see it. I said this on a previous pod. I think there's a Dennis Scotty chemistry issue on court. They do not seem to mesh well, in my opinion. Uh, when they're out there. So I think there's something there. And yeah, I mean, I think if two veteran guys are, are questioning or directing uh, comments towards, you know, the young budding star about, you know, his attitude or his uh, desire, his ability to, to work well with his teammates, like, yeah, then there's something there. Like, I, I'm not, to, I'm not suggesting that there isn't, uh, but it is going to be hard to shit on Scotty uh, when he's going to potentially be an all-star and putting up, you know, a career year so it's hard, like it's it's a tough one but uh i guess there's more i, I guess there's more to be had with scotty and some of these guys are maybe that's what they're pointing to is he could even actually do more um so yeah kitch i don't know uh you see anything with scotty and dennis or do you, do you buy into the comments I, uh, I don't i don't see anything with scotty and dennis i do buy into the fact that i i still think i i, I lean more towards aaron he's still young and Probably never been in a real leadership role. He wasn't a really, he wasn't a huge leader at Florida State. Um, nope. So he's he never came off the bench, real... and in high school, he's Kate Cunningham man. was on his team. Yeah. So I, 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 I'll give him a few years. I'll give him a few years. Oh yeah, no. Listen, I'm not saying like that's what I mean. It's hard. To, it's hard to pick on him, like because yeah, he's young and he's playing great for the most part. But you know, I guess it's tough when you lose to the Pistons. Maybe things. Maybe we should take all that with a grain of salt. If you lose to the Pistons, maybe that's maybe. <laughs> Maybe Dennis yeah, wasn't. As, as, as I said, like I think people often look at like the captain of the team is like Sidney Crosby, the best player on the team, right? Just find your best player, and he's the captain. He's the leader of the team. But yeah. but being a talented athlete, being a good basketball player, and being a good leader, like 
there's no overlap in like th- those two things are completely unrelated things. Yes, and you can be a really good leader no doubt and not line, so good at yeah. basketball. And yeah, the, and you can be a sure. really good basketball player and not such a great leader. And the Raptors, I, I think, have an issue right now where there's a bit of a vacuum. And um, you know, I don't, I don't want to trash the coach. I know that maybe other people do, but but you could also look at the coach and say, okay, like you you should be the leader of this team. Okay, you know what? That's another. You know what? What we talk about privately, Aaron, in our chat doesn't always have to come out. Doesn't have to come on air like this. Sorry, did you want? I I don't know if anyone did, was it you who wanted to trash him. No, well, I'm just saying it was obviously directed at just like see you're like Dennis. You're you're not saying what you're saying without saying it. I was obviously directed well, at me. It's passive aggressive air today. I know I oh my god. Listen, yeah. I am I am on record. I, listen, you know what? You outed me, so I will now I'll now be on record. Uh Darko is not a good coach. Uh, I again see my sample size. I, I like I knew Malachi wasn't a a, a uh, an NBA player, a rotation guy. I now know that Darko is this is going to be his one and only head coaching job ever. And Aaron and I now have a bet, and I said he'll be gone by um, the uh, a year from now. Trade deadline of next year. Trade deadline next year. Darko will not be the coach of this team. I, I am, and I feel great about that. I'd like to get odds for that if I could. Feel really good about it. I've already put one. I put a line on the D on the back of my shirt. There's one line going. Just I've started with the D. <laughs> so you're gonna go to the A. <laughs> for those are. who don't know, Dave Dave has a shirt that has the coaches' names crossed out behind it of of all, of all the previous yeah, coaches. coaches. I've, got, I've got I've got two letters through mine. Well, you, yeah, you, 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 you and Joe, they got letters through them too. Yeah, could be all done. All right, listen, uh, we got to get out of here, uh, and I know we wanted to talk Grady plan. We'll save that one. Uh, do we want to just say goodbye to Dragic too? We probably should. Goran, one of the uh, one of the all time great Raptors, Goran Dragic retired. Uh, do, do you think year. he's and, where is he ranked on the most hated Raptors of all time list? Well, okay, well, listen. How about this? Give me the other three names first, or give me the other two names, and then I'll tell you where he's ranked. So, I think I think there was a time, once upon a time, Vince, Vince Carter oh, was number sure. one on that list, yeah. and it wasn't close. Yeah. And some people, I, I forgotten. I forgotten. some people would still put him number one on that list because they will never forget and never yeah. forgive. Yeah. But I think there's also a lot of the fan base who was like, eh, I don't really remember what happened or I wasn't alive or I don't know what happened. We love this guy. So, but there was a time when he came in this town, if he touched the ball, the boo birds rang down. So he's probably, <laughs> you know, you could maybe put him number one after that. Was it Alonzo morning who didn't show up? Yeah. So Alonzo morning. Probably in that conversation. I don't know who who else is That's in it. like the That's most. The three. Is Hito Turkaloo? Like, did people hate Hito? I just think he just was like no. not that good, and he was over you know, you know overpaid Hito's, or whatever. Hito was tough to hate. Hito was tough to hate. Bull kind of like kind of like Hito. Um, no, but yeah, so those are the three guys that kind of like who kind of turn turn their nose at, up at the organization, right? So those are the three, and for me, it's Vince. Goran gets the two, the two hole for sure because that was just a complete asshole move. And then morning because it was so long ago, I'll get, uh, he's he slid down to three. But when he wouldn't show up, yeah, that was pretty brutal. Uh, but yeah, Vince for sure is number one. Like that was you cannot quit on a franchise because you don't like your situation. You just can't. You can't stop playing. You can't average fifteen playing for us and then go average twenty eight playing for the Nets. You just can't do it. Can't he do was it. The sole reason he was the sole reason I gave up my season ticket first. Oh, oh, why we we talked about the season at the end of the week. Vinny, if I didn't quit in the team, 
I'll just say, as we say goodbye to Goran Dragic, uh, he was he was nice to me. I don't really actually think he did that much wrong. I don't really know why everyone like. I guess I know why everyone what? hates him, but like the the oh. team the team always said like night with the exception of one comment Fred made. But generally speaking, the team was like Pascal Siakam was like I was surprised to hear that. I don't know what he did. Like people didn't really the team didn't really hate Goran Dragic, and I think part of the reason he never showed up is or sorry you know left the team and didn't come back was because the team said. We don't really need you right now, so like, stay away. No, so listen. I don't think it was all Goron. Uh, you're being way the team, too nice. now. Wondering, now you're on Pascal's payroll and you're on Goran's payroll. All right, now I'm getting the this team. All this team sent now. him away, but but what's ironic about that away. team? He said, "I don't want to play here." What's I'd like ironic to leave, about please. what's ironic about that team was that like, you know, they really needed a veteran backup point guard, and they really didn't need yeah. another six foot nine wing uh, in Thad Young. So remember so, his press conference. Remember his press conference uh, when he found he got like he said something in the press conference. Like he said something was, in Slovenian. He said, "I have higher, uh, you know, higher ambitions than playing in Toronto." That was the translation, right, right, and okay. he said it was like not. It was kind of taken out of context and not really translated perfectly. And he apologized for it. And then he uh-huh. showed up here and did everything that was asked from him. Scotty Barnes had nice things to say about him. Everyone uh-huh. spoke highly of him. He was nice to the media. He spoke. Everyone liked him. Uh, and then he he had a personal issue, which I think was legit. And then at, at a certain point, the personal issue, you know, subsided or whatever. It was it it went away. And then the team said, you know, we don't really need you right now. But wow. but certainly in terms of hated Raptors, I think the fans will never forgive him. All right, all right. Well, yeah. Well, by the way, you know who like... deserves an one, honorable one mention has, on, on, one of them on, on, the, on the on the hatred list. By the end of Fred Van Vliet's time in Toronto, I was getting the sense that he he might have been on position on that hated list. Obviously, started different, and he will get cheered when he comes back. But oh. the, the, the hatred toward Fred, people people maybe on this podcast calling him a cancer, uh, you know that was that was a lot of hate. I have two of his jerseys. I never said that. Kitch, he's talking about, now. He's talking about you, Kitch. That was passive yeah, aggressive towards you. This time. You know what? Bart, we cannot take a week off on this podcast. There's way too much to get into Aaron for what we do. I know, we, yeah. We, I, that's, we, 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 2024. We, we gotta do this weekly because it's just, it's just, it's not good yeah. for it. It's not good for it. 20, I agree. 2024, Aaron. Geez, all, all fired up, ready to go. God, I wonder who's getting married this year. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's what it is. Uh, all right, listen. Uh, I have to go because I, I, you know what? You're gonna find this hard to believe, Kitch, but I have a work call coming up here very shortly Great. that i Ooh, killed take. the time we don't late, we can't talk hour. about the college football playoff what a shame no we're gonna quickly we're gonna quickly i'm just gonna say we're gonna close out here we're gonna close out with a we're gonna close out with a rose bowl recap where kitch was at uh yesterday we do quick wet drives and then we're gonna go so kitch rose bowl recap you're at the game uh wearing your michigan gear by the way we talk about slacker and the alabama bullshit that like I hope you Slacker, I hope you're listening. And when I see you, we're gonna have words. I just want you to know that, Slacker. I'm kind of, we're gonna have words. But Kitch, go ahead. Epic. Pass it pass it the interview. It was epic. It was epic. Like, it was epic. An epic victory. Uh ballsy for Harbaugh to go third and two. Third yeah. to his own twenty four yard line two. or what? With, fourth and two. Fourth, Everyone goes on third and two. two. Everyone yeah, goes fourth, on third and two. Fourth and two is going quickly on and with two timeouts, which they could have got easily got the ball back if they punted away, but he he, uh, he gambled then, and if, he, if that didn't work out, if that had not worked out, that could, could have been the end for him. And now he's looked at us like a hero in his, his decision making. Yeah. Um, tight game, probably. I would bet. I would bet sixty-five to seventy percent of the fan base was mixed in. Um, oh, really? Yep, thirty thirty-five to like. Well, it was. It was, it was, it was 
We can do the math. It we was got really. It. Yeah. You go to you go to every merchandise store that's trying to buy mixed stuff. All sold out. All the Alabama stuff still there. You still buy Alabama stuff. So it was definitely as a tailgating. I would say ten cars mixed into every two cars Alabama. Ooh. It was definitely now maybe the team maybe Alabama's waiting for the next game. Maybe they've been there a number of times before. Maybe people get tired of these trips. I don't know. But it was definitely it was definitely a mixed a strong fan base. And uh, yeah, tough tough match mouth game and. It was awesome. It was awesome to be, to be a part of. So yeah, we had a great time. I know it looked great. I uh, it was sad that I still have kids that I have to rear and be part of a family unit. Uh, otherwise, I would have been there with you. Um, but but as as it works out for me, I'm going. I'm going Monday to Houston. I'm going to the. Yeah, I'm good. going to the. Day. Oh, that's, well, that's Johnny. Cool. Well, because Johnny's going back to school. He's going back to school anyway. Uh, and I, in theory, I was taking him back, and then we're just. I'm taking him back via Houston. So he starts school on Tuesday, so he's going to miss a day on Tuesday. But yeah, we're going. Like, I was like, yeah, why not? Becky was thrilled about it. Oh my god! But can I tell you? Can I tell you what the tickets cost for this fucking game? I did research a bit. Yeah, I did. Unbelievable! Like we're not even great seats. No, no that's corporate. You get corporate, like corporate money. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't like that. No. Um, Aaron, any uh, any comments about our Michigan Wolverines uh, playing the national? I mean, like I said, cheer on, cheer the conference on, Aaron. I have nothing to say. Go Huskies, right? This is unbelievable. You would have said uh, there was a number of shirts there that were Alabama fans via Ohio State Buckeyes. So there was there was a number of fans that had shirts on that were obviously were Ohio State fans, and and they had a they were cheering for Bama. So it was it was, it was actually quite a right. And there was also some shirts which were hilarious. There was a couple of shirts guys wearing around because it's, it's the type reason and it's called the Pack Two now. So there's only two teams left. In the let's hope let's hope they're champs too next <laughs> next monday not, not one um all right listen what drives and we're going uh aaron do you want to do you have anything for us on what drives yeah uh that trade the raptors made with og and Anobi, as you guys may recall it really overshadowed yeah. one of the most embarrassing losses in franchise oh. history we didn't talk about it much because the Raptors glossed over what occurred, but that game was circled on the calendar. It was like they're gonna. We saw weeks ago that they were gonna yeah. lose that game, and yeah. then what did they do? They went out and lost it. And I know people who were talking about, well, there's an asterisk because the Raptors were missing players. You know, no, was there an asterisk that the Cleveland we Cavaliers were missing Evan Mobley and and Darius yeah. Garland? Like, yeah. there's no asterisk. Did the Raptors win an asterisk championship because Kevin Durant was not there? No, there's no asterisk. You lost that yeah. game. You're no embarrassing asterisk. to lose that game. You knew it was coming. It drives me crazy that they knew that game was coming and they lost that game. And the fact that we just glossed over it because they made a big trade. So let's dwell on that for a moment. Just that they really lost that game. Listen, this was a, this was, listen, okay. Um, we didn't talk about last night's win either. So we're not just glossing over. We're glossing over the W's too. Uh, not just, you know, losses, I, but, uh, I, I understand why the focus was on the trade, but like, let, you know, let's dwell on yeah, that loss. For I a agree. Moment. Listen, that was disastrous. Uh, you watching it, you just knew it was happening. And then that crazy, like last 38 second try to make a comeback bullshit, which it was all ridiculous. Should never have gotten to that stage. Don't even get me started on, on, on how we were coached in that game. But, uh, yeah, listen, crazy. Uh, good for the Pistons. Yeah, I, I must admit, I must admit, it'd be one thing if the Raptors were trying to do something this year, but I must admit, I did, 
I actually felt a little bit better for the Pistons. I was kind of happy it was over with. It was it was getting it was doom and gloom. Like we watched the pit the night before, you know, the boy like Johnny's uh here and he's like, Dad, Pistons are winning in Boston. Like we actually turned the game on to what and we were like glued to it for the last uh seven minutes in the fourth quarter and all of overtime you're cheering them on so there was part of me going yeah raptors disgusting you should be embarrassed but then it was like okay it's over the long nightmare my former favorite team before the raptors existed i was a pistons fan i'm a bad boy i'm a bad boy at heart uh so yeah i was we, happy to we see weren't even that, i didn't feel like we were that upset like I, no the player like like the players was like oh, well, lost dennis game. wasn't like, thrilled yeah, Dennis. Okay. Yeah, and yeah. well, Dennis is one of the guys actually does give a shit. I think, that's, that's but, the, you, but that's the whole. I agree with you, but that's a whole other. So like, I kind of feel like that way every night now, right? They don't. They just seem like, yeah, we're twelve and twenty, whatever. Yeah, here's a little bit of that. That's called coaching. Coaching. And they're all say, they're all saying one game at a time now. The number of times they now say one game at a time in a post game interview. Oh my God! Uh, I'll tell you what. I don't know if they know this. They've got six six long games on the West Coast coming up. Could get ugly. Could get ugly. Could get ugly quickly. Sacramento on Friday. I'll be watching that one from the third row. Yeah, you're on the third row with Jack. That's what he said to me for the game. We'll enjoy the Lexus Lounge before the game. Raps road trip without me. I think we'll have to talk. We'll have to break that down at some stage too. Well, you know how about how about how about one of my kids? Well, how about how about don't have them over a holiday when my children are here? How about that? How about be a little more respectful of my timeline? You got to go to the schedule. I know. All right, Kitch, uh, what drives? Brought up last year, 12 months ago, and bring it up today. Drives me crazy. It's fucking college basketball, college bowl games. And, <laughs> and opt out and sit out. And I'm not playing. I'm going to go to another school. And just this, this the, the bullshit of this, this, Created this, this season was so glaringly with that, like like the Florida State game where they had twelve of thirteen starters on defense not playing. Um, the Ohio State game when you're when your quarterback's gone and your receivers decide not like I don't yeah they the NCAA I know they're going to twelve teams and these twelve teams are now going to care so that's that's going to help. But a kid gets a full full ride to a school and now gets gets the money for it. Honor your Honor your engagement. Honor your scholarship that you got. Honor your honor your time there and play every game unless you were legitimately injured. So it, it's well, it's like yeah. Crazy. What's his face? Georgia coach. Uh, why well, can't remember his name? Um, who's who coaches Georgia? Anyways, he came out Kirby after the Smart. Florida State game. Kirby Smart. That's right, Kirby. Yeah. He came out with just basically the same thing. Like he's like, "This is ridiculous. What are we doing here?" Like that was supposed to be a big time bowl game. The two the two teams that got snubbed, and then it's sixty five three or whatever it was. Right? It was ridiculous. Yeah, brutal, brutal. And I think the schools and coaches they got to figure that stuff out. And so does the NCAA. But yeah, I'm with you. All right, quickly for me, uh, Christmas every year we have Christmas with like five different families. Kids are now involved in this process. Uh, not Christmas of what I'm about to tell you about. Um, we do a Secret Santa. Right after dinner, it's like the highlight of everyone's night. Certainly, certainly, kids get so geeked up for it. And we're talking about kids' ranges here from like eleven to twenty, right? But they still think this is like a big deal because with the adults, everyone's drinking, having a good time. Um, and listen, mothers out there, and I'm sure we don't have too many that are listening to this. But when you're buying a secret Santa gift, and the idea is that you are buying a gift that someone might actually want that's not you and that someone might then go and steal because that's the whole idea of secret santa that you can you get you pick the gift and then someone the next person can either take your gift or you know put it back like, like it's meant to be like it's meant to go on for like 
two hours because like people just keep stealing. You can steal gets up to three times. Well, what drove me crazy is you have like seven moms out there buying gifts that no kid would ever want. And so when a kid picks one of those gifts, guess what happens? There's a sad face. There's a sad face. And that person is then stuck with it. That's right. And then a mom feels bad. And then a mom will come out and go, oh, well, I'll take it. It's like, well, you bought that gift. And yeah, so it all, it's just like, this is not hard. This is not hard. Buy something fun. Buy something fun that is uh, non-kitchen based. And you should be in a good, you should be in a great shape here. Like kitchen, guess what I got this year, which was a massive hit as usual. Two years in a row I've done this. I got, oh, I put into the, uh, under the tree, uh, a bed slip, a three game, par- a three game parlay. Uh, and this one had the upside of $1,200. So the first two games it hit, it was an all uh, NFL underdog parlay. So I, it, the last bit was uh, Baltimore had to cover the six and the, and Katie Stevenson, she just, she's got this ticket staring her at for uh, 1200 bucks. And of course, what does Marcotte do? Marcotte got her again. He's like, I'll pay 600 bucks for that right now. So Katie took the money. Katie took the money and the ticket hit. And I had to wire Marcotte $1,200 the next day, which was actually the worst part of that gift. <laughs> yeah. But I'll tell you what, yeah. every kid was like, they were trying to steal it. Like that thing would have, they would have stolen it infinitum if, we, if we'd let that happen. So uh, there you go. That's it, mom. Just make it easy. Just make it easy. Buy the kids stuff they can they can use all right listen there you go all right i'm now late for my call 10 minutes late i'm nine minutes late for my call so i have to go uh but listen uh aaron welcome to 2024 uh and i'm glad i'm glad we did this because i agree with kitsch like you need clearly to get some of the stuff out of of your system now you've done that we're all gonna exhale we're all gonna exhale and we'll be back we'll be back at it we're back weekly um jan through the end of the season here we go all right, kids, yep. do the honors. No way, OB. No way, no time for OB today. I don't have time for OB. All right, big All right, take it away. And there was a guy that was not a great leader, but it was a good one. So like, oh, nice title. I always love when you can wrap something. It's like a Seinfeld. Kawhi up top. Looks at the clock. Turns the corner for the win. Hang 